Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Doing the Thing podcast. Today, we're going to talk about employment. And uh, we've been, Phil and I have been looking at some stuff. We've been trading some articles around. And, um, you know, this, this very much affects what, uh, what we do every day, uh, especially some of the newer things I'm doing where I'm hiring employees. And I'm kind of getting a perspective as an employer and also somebody that's helping people start their own businesses. So, so, so I'm, I'm seeing some really interesting things lately. So, so, so those of you that follow the news, um, there, there was a big, um, Burger King walkout. Uh, I think it was in Kentucky or something like that. You had to fact check me or whatever, but um, it was massive. It was 20 out of 23 employees all walked out on the same day. And, and it was, it was, they cited mistreatment, mismanagement, uh, poor working hours and low pay. Wow. And, and, and it's really interesting to see Americans uh, stand up for themselves that way. I mean, I, and I applaud them for that. You know, if, if you're in a poor working environment, get out, you know, probably want to get a job or have a situation lined up first before you do it. That would be nice. And it's also a nice thing to be able to leave your employment on good terms, but I don't know the exact situation that that Burger King, it may have merited like that, that massive walkout. So so when there's, what are situations that would merit some of that stuff? And another thing that we want to talk about is um, how, how Americans are being more selective about what they do for their profession. So there's well, federal unemployment is going until September. So I think that the special circumstances, they had it from $600 per week. And I think now it's down to 300 per week uh, for most people, depending. Um, and a lot of people are still on that. And a lot of people are, they do want to work, but they don't want to go back to the circumstances that they were in. Um, so it's not a matter of not willing to work. It's, it's more Americans are being more selective, which I thought was really cool and actually is kind of something that Phil and I kind of talk about all the time, you know, own your career kind of a thing. So what, what are some of the things that you've been seeing? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So first of all, there's a lot of media around this, right? Um, people not returning to work because they're getting this extra $300 is one of the big talking points on one side of the equation. Um, and on the other side, you know, there are some other narratives that are unfolding. And certainly I don't think this Burger King situation is an anomaly. Um, in fact, I think I can prove it. <laughs> um, Get into it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's being termed as the great American worker reawakening. And I really thought that that was just a marketing ploy. Um, but in fact, it appears it's not. Um, so monster.com, recently did a study. And for those of you, you, you probably already, already all know, but Monster is one of the most prominent job boards, right? And so they did a survey of actively employed folks. So these are not folks on unemployment. These are actively employed currently. Okay. May surprise the listeners. Jason, I know you've read the study. May surprise the listeners to hear 95% of all respondents indicated that they were exploring a career change or thinking about 92% indicated they were considering leaving the industry that they were in. Yeah. So what the hell's going on? <laughs> well, I think it's, you know, it's that, um, battered career syndrome. You know, I think, um, 
a lot of professionals, um, especially corporate America, I see they're, they're burned out. I see a lot of people, especially in my conversations. I mean, I'm not just saying that I see them, you know, on LinkedIn or whatever. I'm talking to people every day uh, that are telling me that they're, they're being burnt out. They're, they're moving from job to job every two to three years. And it's, you know, it's stressful when you think you don't, when you feel like you have job security, but then in reality, you don't because you have to figure out your next move uh, constantly. That does, that's not secure at all. And, and so, I mean, that's just from my perspective and that's what I'm thinking is where a lot of that stems from. Um, but what do you think? Yeah. So I have a theory um, and it's called the pendulum swing theory. <laughs> and in my experience, whether it's personally in, and I'll give you a relationship example. Now, before I do, I'm extremely happily married. Um, you know, met the love of my life almost seen it. years ago. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you met Jade. Yeah. Um, but you know, prior to that, as I was going through relationships, it was a pendulum swing. I would go through a relationship that didn't work. And I would say to myself, well, I don't want that anymore. So I'd swing in the other direction and whatever was not that last thing became the next thing, right? Um, so I think we can all equate to that or, or relate to that, I should say, kind of example. But I think it really applies to what's going on here. So prior to the pandemic, um, people were conditioned to not just work, but work overtime and do the extra things to ensure their job security, uh, even at the sacrifice sometimes of family time and freedom and flexibility in their schedule. Mm -hmm. So then COVID hits and all this sacrifice that they've done across their career, now they're facing potential furloughs and uncertainties, the cash flow of businesses being strapped. And at the same time, all this is happening, they're getting sometimes their first taste of freedom, right? So now that everybody's forced to work remotely oh, yeah. from home, there's this whole realization that number one, I can actually do this and be productive. Number mm -hmm. two, I kind of hate prefer this. Yeah, I prefer <laughs> this. I kind of hate being in a, a cubicle. Uh -huh. People started to take inventory, I believe, of the lost time and lost productivity, sitting in traffic, commuting, you know, playing podcasts like ours or audiobooks because mm -hmm. there's nothing else to do in the car but drive to work every day and then drive back getting home late for dinner, maybe missing some of the kids' activities in school and all those other things we know happened. For a period of time, they didn't have to do that. Yep. And I believe that workers who, in many cases, not all cases, there are some great employers out there. And we'll talk about a few of them that are really exemplary uh, during this period of uh, the Great Awakening, right? There's some that are exemplary. <laughs> like it. But many are just, you know, take every dollar you can because there's a lot of people out there that are unemployed. And when somebody finally burns out, there's 10 other people that'll step up and replace them. That whole mentality is now suffering the consequence of those behaviors, mm -hmm. right? So in my opinion, people are stepping up and going, you know what, I got a taste of freedom. I realized that my lifestyle has been compromised. I sacrificed all this time for a company who wasn't as loyal to me because they couldn't be or because they didn't wanna be. And now I've got some choices to make. Yeah. Yeah. That disposable employee mentality that needs to go away quick. And, and if you're, if you're an employer and you're listening to this, knock that shit off, man. 
<laughs> no one's going to stand for it anymore. And everybody sees it. Everybody talks. Everybody shares that on social media. Everybody collaborates on it. Everybody understands and knows what's going on. So there's no pulling the wool over their eyes and doing that kind of stuff. It's, um, it, it's it'll be very, um, people will be very aware of it when you, when you have, when you engage in that kind of activity. Oh, hundred percent. And you know, I've always believed in, in when I had staffs that reported to me, I would just flat out tell them and tell management, listen, I'm going to hire adults. I'm going to empower them. I'm going to trust them. I'm certainly going to inspect what I expect, but that's the extent of it. Um, in my experience, adult professionals will be harder on themselves. They'll set higher expectations for themselves than you can ever do as a manager, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So unfortunately that thinking didn't seem to translate across the pandemic. In fact, some studies were done, check this out. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the article, but Microsoft Teams accrued up all the time spent during the pandemic in the Teams environment and contrasted it with the year prior. Trillions, trillions well, of hours. Right. What do, what do you think as a multiplier it was? Millions. Yeah, it was I would two, say millions. 2.5 times more spent in Teams meetings. Ten, an average of 10 minutes longer on Zoom or go to meeting yeah. or whatever. Um, 32% of the people in the uh, monster.com uh, survey indicated that they're burned out. And the majority of them cited these Zoom meetings. And this gets oh, yeah. back to that, okay, well, I can't see you, so I need to make sure you're working. So now I'm gonna have you on video camera longer to yeah. make sure you're working. And people are like, you know what? I don't want that shit anymore. Well, it, it, there, I have been seeing some studies too, and I, I wish I had some of that information in front of me, but, uh, but since you bring it up, like Zoom fatigue is like a real thing. It, it real is thing. Be, because like I'm looking, we're looking at each other right now, but really what we're doing is we're probably looking at ourselves a lot more than we're looking at the other person. And that's just like a normal thing. That's like a human thing. And, and we don't like looking at ourselves that much. And that kind of stresses people out, especially, especially folks that have, might have some insecurities or something like that. That's going to stress them out even more. You know, it, it, you know, turn your your person, your side of the video off. Don't look at it. <laughs> look at the other person. Uh, try your best to do that. That's going to help with the fatigue. But still, at the same time, you're still looking at a screen all day long, and you're chained to your desk. You're chained to your workstation, and and that kind of takes away from that freedom of working from home a little bit. It's yeah, hundred percent, it does. The other thing that was interesting across the pandemic is that, um, and this surprised me. Um, Vacation and PTO time, according to Hootsuite, uh, one of the executives at Hootsuite, dramatically decreased during the pandemic. Now, I have some theories, the, the, the biggest of which is that people were in fear for their job security. And I think they were perhaps afraid to take those vacations um, in yeah. the same way that they might have pre-pandemic. But this led also to that contributing 32% of burnout. And, you know, I promised to talk about some employers that I'm impressed with, Hootsuite being one of them. Do you know that on July 5th, they had a mandatory wellness week for every single employee of Hootsuite? They paid them like a $700 like stipend as well, correct? They did. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, the dating app Bumble was another one that closed for an entire week. And so here's what happens. Getting back to that pendulum theory, right? 
you can push and leverage and take advantage of people, but people will always push back. It's just a question of when they will. You look at the walkouts at Burger King, right? I'm sure that there were many, many times they stepped up and said, hey, this work environment sucks. We'd like to yeah. see this, that, and the other thing. And they had whatever, the manager or owner just sidestepped them. And eventually everything comes back to center, right? And so here are companies where they're forcing people to take a week off. They're also realizing like we have a risk of losing significant people and good people if we don't pendulum swing to the other side and give employees more of what they're looking for, you know, more yeah. time away and all those other things, right? I think all of that's happening right now. I agree. And, you know, a lot of people like the the security of, of having those those positions and things like that, but they also want to be able to, you know, fund more of their goals too. So, so those salaries are so limited, um, you know, would it be completely outside of the realm of possibility for Burger King or McDonald's to give an employee like 10 cents for every burger that they sell? Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't wow. that be wonderful, right? <laughs> you know, do some type of a bonus program instead of minimum wage and um, let them actually make a living, livable wage. Because <laughs> minimum wage is not livable anymore. It yeah. is not. I, I, I have... Um, one of my stores in New Jersey, um, the, the minimum wage for, for the state of New Jersey is $12. And my store is in Madison, New Jersey, where the average household income is probably about 110000 a year. How can that minimum wage worker live in that community? It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Unless it's under a bridge or something. Yeah. Unless it's under a bridge or in a house with 20 other people. Yeah, it's just, it's impossible or they have that dual income situation coming. So, yeah. So hospitality and retail places with physical locations, they have their own unique set of challenges. And I think have to be respectful of, you know, coming out of the pandemic that there's still the Delta variant and people are still concerned with their health, maybe not by and large, but a large majority are. Um, living wage becomes important, just mm -hmm. as you've mentioned. But people who um, are not in a physical location type of business, I think also have to understand that while it's really cool that the country has, our country's employers have opened up to the idea of remote working, as someone who's worked remotely for 25 plus years, I've always known it worked better. <laughs> yeah. And companies are finding like, oh my gosh, they don't have to show up and I don't have to have this space and I can still, you know, get the work done that I'm hoping to get done. Um, but here's the challenge with that. Um, and it is fractional workers and remote workers. Mm -hmm. And I read some other studies recently projecting that within the next decade, there will be more freelance workers than there will be actually full-time employed staff. Is that what you consider a fractional worker as a, as a freelance employee? Yep. And it, yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we default to the term independent contractor, but in reality, there's a number of sites. I'll give you a few examples. Um, I'm doing a, another book promotion and I use Fiverr.com. And mm -hmm. on Fiverr.com for 20 or 30 bucks, I can access somebody in Poland that has readership of 500,000 people on their blog site or whatever it may be. 
And for 20 or 30 bucks, they'll do a book promotion for me. And I go direct to them. It used to be that we found marketing companies that specialized in books in the United States that had full-time employees. Well, that's not the case anymore. Um, sites like Upwork that bring together experienced professionals for uh, a myriad of different services, large companies, I mean, major companies are going to Upwork to find fractional talent. Yeah. Call it an independent contractor relationship, but that implies more one-to-one -one than it actually is. They're just coming off digital aggregation sites. And my point being, if in fact those numbers are going to continue and remote working will continue, then as long as somebody's willing to work in the time zone of a company's clients, does it any longer matter what country they're located in? No, not unless that country is very... Uh culturally uh, adverse to working <laughs> remotely or, or with somebody that is remote, yeah. you know, just like our conversation uh, about Brazil, right? So that's something that may or may not work very well. But for, for by and large, for the most part, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm encouraged by the fact that there's this great big worker awakening. I personally don't believe it's because people are getting $300 in unemployment benefits. Yeah, of course, there's a subset of people that would rather not work than work, right? Sure, and sure. those people exist regardless of the incentives you give them. For the most part, Americans enjoy feeling productive. They want to have yeah. a sense of purpose in their career. They want their finances and future to be secured. I don't think that that's driving those productive people who really want to contribute. But it's a question of what do I really want to do? And do I want to keep, you know, leveraging myself for somebody that's not invested back in me. I think companies have to be attentive to that and start making a shift in how they treat people. But I think employees still have to recognize that unless you're in a physically located business, there are some risks occurring to you over time with this whole remote and freelance environment that didn't exist years ago. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, 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 and to add to that, I think that the, the, those programs, those unemployment programs, it's, it was, it's, it's funny. I, I was thinking something, I don't know if this would be a correct way to state it, but I thought it was kind of funny, but it's a, it was a socialist way to drive more people to capitalist points of view. <laughs> it may have been, that may be a stupid comment, but I thought it was kind of funny to kind of look at it that way. Right. Because we were getting some, um, some social assistance, some help, for people to be able to take a step back, re-inventory where they're at with their careers and, and, and shoot for something that's better. Shoot for something that's, that's more in alignment with their goals and, and have a little bit more control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the pendulum swing is occurring. Whatever mm -hmm. reasons you wanna attribute it to, it's actually happening. And for those of you who have staff or those of you employers, I think it's time to really awaken to that if you haven't already. I, agree. Um, I always encourage, you know, employee surveys, one-on-one -on -one conversations, informal, especially those little yeah. seconds that you take with people to find out how they're doing mm -hmm. actually matter. You know, people accept company roles for income and promotion. They leave for treatment environment and the EQ aspects. Oh, of it. 100%, 100%. Yep. And, and that's what's happening. It appears. I agree. I agree. So 
it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where everything goes in the next couple months. So September is September 2021 is when, you know, those programs start to end and people, you know, absolutely have to find a position and find stuff. So if, if, if some of this kind of applies to you and you're, you're in that gray area, you're kind of in that position where you can kind of choose, start exploring your options right, right now, <laughs> yesterday, hundred percent, start doing it. You start leveraging that, that situation to put yourself in an even better place. Yeah. And as a final note, especially if you're like me and you're long in tooth and you've got a little bit of gray hair, you know, I'm full disclosure, I'm 59 years old. And reading the stats about what happens to people in their career in their later later 50s, it surprised me to know that like one to two in 10 in their middle 50s were self-employed. One in three from age 60 on were self-employed. That's a 50% increase over the last couple of years. And it looks like it's going to continue. Conversely, 50% of the workforce 50 years and older will be displaced from their current role through no fault of their own and will not recover financially according to a Forbes study. So these are all things to think about. Yeah. And wow. I did not know those statistics. One in three. That's a lot. Yeah. One in three is a lot. Yeah. That's like, like every, every like grandparent, is like one of three grandparents is self-employed that's crazy well if you are a grandparent at that age but most people are but holy crap man so so that's an interesting thing to talk about maybe we should unpack that on another episode because there's there's got to be um so much going through your mind when you're when you're at that age and you're going at it alone right uh because a lot of people that's their first time starting a business and that's scary as somebody like I started my businesses when I'm in my 30s, my early 30s. Yeah, I had some wiggle room, make a bunch of mistakes and stuff. And I still do. But there's, I mean, there's a fine line there. So, so like, how do you make that plan? How do you set that up? And, and how do you switch your mindset from like a lifelong employee to finally an entrepreneur? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think we should explore it further because that mindset set shift is happening according to the studies that I'm seeing. It's happening right now. There is a uh, awakening and an evolution in how people are viewing opportunities. And at the end result of that, people are gonna start to make very different choices. Mm -hmm. And what's important, and especially when you get into your middle 50s, the runway's shorter. You can still afford to make mistakes, just not as many as when you're in your 30s. Um, (laughs) And you have to recover more quickly than when you're in your 30s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But good information, right. And good resources to help you become important. So part of our goal in this podcast is to be objective resources to people who are just, you know, open-minded and perhaps looking for something better in their life, even sometimes unsure what that might be. Um, So I think for all those reasons, that'd be a great episode to explore next or in the next couple episodes. Yes, sir. Let's do it, man. All right. Well, let's let everybody get out of here because we're trying to keep these short and informative, right? So uh, until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. Like, share, you know, whatever. Bring If you you appreciate this episode, you know, tell a buddy. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, man.